I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 261 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's time for another Monday Motivation episode for you guys. And today I will be joined by an expert real estate investor and highly successful entrepreneur. Kent Clothier will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. So many of you guys have reached out to me to tell me how much you are loving the Monday Motivation episodes and the run of big-time entrepreneur dads continues today, which will make four in a row here on Mondays, going back to episode 246 with Matt Sapola. Then we had Colin Wayne, and of course, last week, Jordan Belfort was here. I love to bring these guys on the podcast because it is so fascinating to hear their philosophies. None of them got where they are overnight, but they all preach similar principles, and it's awesome to hear their insight on fatherhood as well. And if you dive a bit deeper into the archives of the show here, you can listen to my interviews with some other incredible entrepreneur fathers, including Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, Bedros Koulian, and many others. As far as the rest of this week is concerned, it is loaded with awesomeness. Tomorrow, I will be joined by plastic surgeon Michael Saushauer, better known on social media as Dr. Miami. If you have a wife or girlfriend who has said she wants to have some work done on her breasts or her bottom after giving birth, you do not want to miss out on tomorrow's interview. Dr. Miami gets deep into the psychology of all this stuff. Wednesday, we're going to have an emotional and inspirational story with a father who was an EOD technician and permanently disabled when an IED exploded in his face. He lost his sight and his hearing, but not the will to fight. Aaron Hale will be here with me for a Warrior Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to have one of the greatest NFL running backs of all time. He is one of the few to ever rush for more than 2,000 yards in a single season. Hall of Famer Terrell Davis joins me for Thursday's episode. And Frogman Friday is going to be off the hook again this week. Retired Navy SEAL, Master Chief, and Medal of Honor recipient Ed Byers will be here with me. Last week, of course, Navy SEAL legend Michael Thornton was here. He received his Medal of Honor for his courageous actions in the Vietnam War. Ed Byers received his for actions in Afghanistan. I cannot express how grateful I am to spend a few minutes with men of this caliber. Lock it in for Frogman Friday's episode this week. And please help me share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with entrepreneur Kent Clothier. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Nothing beats an American flag made in the USA, right? Well, how about an American flag made in the USA by veterans out of duty-worn fatigues from all branches of the military? That is exactly what you get with combat flags. Combat flags are handcrafted from duty-worn fatigues and offer a tangible piece of freedom to the American people. Each flag is accompanied by a professionally designed and printed card that tells the story of service of a soldier, marine, airman, sailor, or coastie who wore the fatigues used to make the flag. They are the real deal, Dad, so what are you waiting for? Visit CombatFlags.com and use the promo code FATHER, and First Class Fatherhood listeners will save 10% off their purchase. Veteran-owned, American-made. CombatFlags.com, promo code FATHER. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He is an expert real estate investor who founded Real Estate Worldwide. He is a highly successful entrepreneur who is also the CEO of Cribs and the Boardroom Mastermind. It's so cool for me to say, Kent Clothier, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me, brother. Glad to be here. 
All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have, and how old are they? I have three three kids. I have a six year old. I have a four, six year old daughter, fourteen year old daughter, and I have a twenty six year old son. So I have one in my twenties, one in my thirties, and one in my forties. Okay, wow, yeah, you're all over the board there. What type of uh, sports or activities were they all into? Um, my fourteen year old is all about competitive cheerleading. She was, uh, in fact, they just won the national championship last year, so she's all about that. My twenty six year old was all about. All about baseball as he was growing up, and my six-year-old has no idea at this point. She's trying to figure it all out. <laughs> Did you ever get involved with the coaching at all with the baseball, or you enjoyed all that from the sideline? Uh, no, well, I, 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 I knew my place. I knew if I was the guy that was out there coaching, I was going to be one of those, those dads and those coaches, so I backed away from that and said, I'll, just, I'll play the role of the spectator. Let me, let me just be the dad that's sitting on the sidelines and not getting their heads. I have a tendency to be a little, little uh, overbearing, and that was just a choice I made to not, not participate. Okay, very cool. All right, if you could, Kent, please do me a favor here, just to hit my take a minute to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, man. So I'm uh, a full time real estate investor as well as a real estate trainer and educator. I own several companies in the space. Real Estate Worldwide is a company that uh, provides software and training to real estate investors all over the country, all over the world at this point. We've had over fifty thousand people buy our systems and software over the years. Uh, my family runs a very large investment company out of. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, called Memphis Invest, that actually does turnkey uh, investments for entrepreneurs all over the country. Roughly, we buy and sell about a thousand properties a year. And then I'm also the CEO and founder of a company called Cribs, that K R I B B Z, that we just launched a few weeks ago after we've been uh, after we've been working on it for the last two years, which is an online bidding platform, online. Uh, app that you can do from your phone as well as your laptop, basically buying and selling houses, you know, kind of in real time. So all, all real estate related. And I spend a lot of time kind of helping people get out of their own way. I've done, as the saying goes, you do it wrong enough, long enough, you'll figure it out. And so I probably, probably best known for kind of um, helping people get really dialed in on time and what matters and, and using real estate to, to kind of accomplish some big, big things in their life. Yeah, well said, and you've had some tremendous success, of course, and I'm going to jump into the real estate thing in just a minute here, but about how old were you when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I was 23 years old, and I will tell you that that, that, that opportunity was completely wasted on me, right? I'm not a particularly proud of, uh, you know, I was a kid when I had a kid, and, and unfortunately, I was a kid that was very, very successful at a young age in business. And so, unfortunately, as I was building a business and taking a lot of pride in, um, you know, building an almost $2 billion a year company uh, with the help of a lot of other people, I was not the father that uh, I know that I was, that I was capable of being. Um, looking back, right, it's easy to look back and identify those, those areas. Now, my son knows no different. As far as my son's concerned, it was, he had a great childhood and a great upbringing. I just know I could have done, done better. So, how did it impact me with my first child? Um, the impact was was negligible. Now, moving forward, as I went through a lot of uh, seasons in my life and, and lost some businesses and fell on some hard times and kind of realized how I was screwing up that process, I will tell you that I am a considerably better father uh, with my two young daughters than I ever was with, with my son when he was a young man. Yeah, wow, that's that's about as honest as you can get. And what is the relationship like now between your 26-year-old and yourself? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Like I said, he knows no different. As far as he's concerned, his dad is, you know, was was always there and is always by his side and was there for anything he ever needed in his life. His his perception of me is 
you know, this, it was great. My perception of myself looking back was, man, that, that, that guy, I just wish I could have had those moments back, but I'm very, very fortunate that I was able to learn those lessons and apply those lessons as my two daughters have, have are growing up. And so I'm a, like I said, I'm a very present, intentional father with my kids, my two youngest now. I don't miss any moments. I'm there for all the moments. I walk my little girl to school. I drive my my um, high schooler to school every day, and have for years. Um, I don't. I I'm all into collecting moments now, not collecting money and collecting crap. So my kids are are what it's all about. But I would have never learned those lessons had I not, like I said, you know, as the saying goes, you do it wrong enough, long enough, you'll figure it out. That was. I screwed it up, in my opinion, the first time. I know I could have done better, so, but I've been very fortunate that I had the opportunity to kind of right some of those wrongs later on in life. Yeah, that's cool. I guess sometimes the best way to learn how to do it right is to do it wrong for a while, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I said, my son, he knows no different. My son believes he had an amazing childhood and things were great with his father. Um, I just know, you know, as you evolve and as you become older and you get later in life, you look back, and it's not a regret because if I hadn't gone through it, then I wouldn't be the dad I am with my two daughters. It's not a regret, but it's just an opportunity to reflect and understand that, man, um, I, I know I could have done better coming up with him, right? I could have been more present. could have been more there. I could have put the business off to the side versus it was first and foremost in my life at that particular season in my life. Yeah, it's really cool how you're using the you know the past as a learning tool instead of an anchor. So uh, it's uh, it's good to see and and getting into this real estate stuff here. There's a lot of dads out there, Kent, that are working jobs that they hate, uh, but they do it because it's putting food on the table. They would love to sidestep and get into something like real estate investing, uh, but that philosophy of it takes money to make money can put a limit on that dream. So, uh, what kind of advice do you have for the average dad out there to begin investing in real estate? Well, educate yourself because that statement that you just made, as you as you said it, the reality is unfortunately what comes out of our mouth becomes our reality, and what we're thinking about becomes real. So when you sit around and tell yourself that something is not possible because of money or a lack of resources, it's never a lack of resources. It's just a lack of resourcefulness. Um, real estate you can absolutely do without money, without cash, without credit, with bad credit, in fact. Uh, and that's what we teach people how to do every single day. It's a, it's a technique called wholesaling where you are able to go in and put a piece of property under contract, and the contract itself, the fact that you were able to put something under contract at a very deeply discounted price becomes the asset, and you can actually flip your interest in that contract to somebody else, that somebody else will step in and take over that contract and compensate you because you were so good at finding the deal and putting it under contract and pay you five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 to do that. Literally, it costs you no money to do that every single day. But as long as we are trapped by our perceptions and believing that, oh, it's not right for me, it requires money, and all you know, you know, all the little nuances that are out there, the information we feed ourselves, it's, it, that quickly becomes what we believe, and therefore we don't take action. I can tell you, if you believe that there is an opportunity inside of real real estate, and you believe that you want to control your time, can have freedom, spend more time with your family, do the things that actually matter, not run around and make somebody else rich, then you absolutely owe it to yourself to get educated. That's the first step. Get the information, and then the next step is actually take action. Do things that, that are very, very uncomfortable uh, the first time you do them, just like anything else in your life. But once you do them once and uh, once you repeat them, you know, as the saying goes, uh, repetition is the mother of, of retention. You, you keep doing these things over and over and over, and suddenly you have this new skill set that not only can replace 
any income that you have right now, but ultimately exceed it wildly, right? But the first step is go get the education. You can follow somebody like me online. There's plenty of other people. But information is right at our fingertips now, whether it is YouTube videos, whether it's courses, whether it is whether it is books. I mean, get the real data before you go and make a make a mistake like telling yourself this is not possible. Yeah, yeah, well said, Ken. I'm a firm believer in that as well, and I think a burning desire is, is really what sparks it all. And I, you know, I, I'm a um, a student of a lot of this uh, personal development, uh, James Allen type philosophy. And I just had uh, Navy SEAL Tom Shea on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he wrote a book all based on your interior dialogue and how changing the inner conversations in your mind can change the outer circumstances oh, of your man. world. It's very fascinating. It's just true. I mean, every single person listening to this right now, including you and me, by the way, we have a conversation playing in our head. There is a story we are telling ourselves every single day. Unfortunately, most people um, play the, the passive game. They don't, and they don't understand it. They neglect uh, learning about that, and therefore the story that they tell themselves is just really what everybody else has told them. Everybody else is, you know, whether it's media, family, friends, everybody else has fed them this information that they repeat to themselves versus taking control of that story and say, no, this is, this is the new day. This is the new way. This is the new information that I'm going to start reacting to. And the moment you take control of that and then start acting on that, it's amazing what happens in your life. Yeah, that's well. You're the proof of that too. With all the success that you've had, there's no <laughs> argument there. And and I do, you know, um, uh, especially because the technology has really opened up the door not only to real estate but just really to entrepreneurs in general. And I love to get the opinion of successful entrepreneurs like yourself about college because my oldest is in eighth grade. I'm still four years away, but so many of the kids that I speak to that are in college or just out of college seem to have uh, not gotten much from that whole experience. So, uh, in your opinion. Is college necessary to succeed in today's world? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, the, the way you framed that question was the, way, the reason I answered it so emphatically. Is it necessary? 100% that is false. Now, for me personally, uh, I'll give you, you know, I, I can answer this best in my own, my own world here. My son went to the University of, of Mississippi, Old Miss. He, he really wanted that experience in his life. Um, and I wanted the opportunity to give him that experience. Now, but we clearly sat down and had a conversation that you are going to go here to gain some knowledge, and you are going to go here to have these experiences in your life that I never had. But do not kid yourself for a moment. You will never learn how to make money or how to be successful in, in those four walls. It's never going to happen. When you are ready to learn how to do that, you will come out of here, and then we will put you to work and show you and guide you on how to actually make that happen, how to control your own life. Um, so I took the pressure off of my son. It was more about creating the experiences for him, things that I just had never experienced in my own life, and if that's something he wanted and something he wanted to go through, whether it was fraternities and school and the campus and living, you know, living on your own and all of that, all that stuff, you know, just kind of I, I, I wanted him to have those things, but there was a clear line in the sand that he was never going there to try to learn how to be successful because that's just not I'm not going to happen nor do I think it happens unless you're a doctor or a lawyer something in that very professional kind of space where you have specialized knowledge colleges do not treat you or do not teach you I should say on how to become financially independent how to manage money how to invest money how to create wealth how to you know how to become an entrepreneur um, you could take that exact same investment. And, in fact, what they do do is they, they riddle you with debt that you end up having to pay off for the rest of your life. Um, what, they have to, what, what can happen and what does happen 
what I believe is the new college is going off and investing in personal development, learning real skills, going to these seminars, going to the, these educational training, really getting very specialized knowledge on how to, be, how to go start an e-commerce store, how to go build a real estate investment business, how to flip property, all these things. Go take that a fraction of what you would spend in, in, in uh, your college education and go sit your child down in a one-year curriculum on real estate investing and entrepreneurship and how to become financially free. And in one year, you will have given them a gift that, that will keep paying them forever and ever and ever and ever versus four years of screwing around and looking up and walking out of there with the still same dumb look on their face like, well, now what? Um, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. Very straightforward is that if you want to learn how to make money, you're not going to learn that in college. All right, Dad, the NFL season is now upon us, and the Major League Baseball season is winding down. There is no better time to take your kids to the ball game, and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets on SeatGeek.com by using my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to see a concert or a Broadway show. Save 20 bucks on the tickets on SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. It's a slam-dunk deal, dads. SeatGeek.com, promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Yeah, and that's unfortunate too. And I think Jim Rohn is the one that said, uh, "If you want to, if you want to be wealthy, study wealth." And there's just so much of it that you could do, even without even having to leave, the, you know, your own home. Just by what you can, the yeah, seminars you have access to, all for free on YouTube, is a wealth of knowledge that's on there that you can't really get in school. And all those things you mentioned, even goal setting, uh, creating wealth, <laughs> stuff like that. I, I would, I would love to see that start to be introduced at the at the at the high school level, let alone be in college. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and I would even go one step further. You talk about what you can learn online. That's absolutely possible. The reality of that income, you know, one thing is information. Another thing is insight, and there's two sides to that, right? Information is all the stuff that you just talked about. When you also have the opportunity to go to these, these live events and get into that energy and get around, you know, specialized classes or masterminds or, you know, there's something quite different when you are able to immerse yourself in the real thing and, go off and look at houses with a coach and this kind of stuff there when you put that's a that's a lethal combination when you marry that information with that insight and that wisdom that college aged student will be changed forever and i honestly cannot think of a better gift to give an 18 year old kid than freedom right you will never have to work for somebody else again unless you choose to that is a huge huge leg up in the world many of you think about it it's just such a massive gift to give to your child and by the way being the son of an entrepreneur and seeing firsthand what that act that how that legacy lives on it's interesting back in january ed Milet and i got to spend some time together and um we talked about this and he kind of got in my head a little bit to the point that i actually went and picked up the phone and called my own father who started as an entrepreneur when he was 17 years old, um, and just thanked him, which I had never done before in my life. Right, I'm 49 years old, so 32 years later, I, I pick up the phone and call my dad and like, all right, so dad, I just want to let you know that if you hadn't taken the risk at 17, then I wouldn't have taken the risk at 17, and I have the impact on hundreds of thousands of people every year, if not millions. So none of those people would feel the impact if you hadn't decided way back when be an entrepreneur because I 
if I didn't see you be an entrepreneur and see it from the ground up my entire life, I would have naturally probably gone to work for somebody else, but that was never even an option for me because watching my father, watching that entrepreneur journey when I was a young man, and I was born when my dad was 19 years old, so my entire life I got to watch it front row seat to what it looked like to be an entrepreneur. So my, my destiny was kind of preordained. I became an entrepreneur at 17 years old um, and had never worked for anybody. That when you do that, when you give that to your son, that, that, that opportunity, and then his kids get to witness it, right? And then who knows what his, what, what his grandkids do and all that. That is a legacy that lives forever. And that, I mean, you're quite literally creating a lifetime, several lifetimes of entrepreneurs by that one gift that you give to somebody that control your fate, you know, become 100% unemployable. Understand that you have the ability to create something in your life. There is not a greater gift that you could give to your children than that right there. Yeah, very well said. And, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have Ed Milet on the podcast here a little while back, and, uh, you know, he has some powerful thoughts um, and philosophy of his own. And, and I think it works the exact opposite way as, as well, Kent. Like, my father was a used car salesman over in the Bronx there, and it's like I grew up uh, idolizing that, you know, hustle everybody out of their money uh, mentality that really led me into a lot of trouble, and it took me a long time to unlearn so many of the things that I kind of idolized as a kid growing up, got myself into some alcohol trouble, some drug problems, and just looking to con, cheat, lie, and steal my way through life. And it wasn't long before, you know, that smacked me in the face and uh, mm-hmm. I started to change direction. But it does work in that way as well. Well, no, no, you're exactly right. But it, you make a, a fantastic point, right, that when you are going down your own entrepreneurial journey, just remember your kids are watching. Right? You want to, if there's, a, there's a real easy way to make sure that your kids – learn how to do it the right way, and that's just do it the right way. Yeah, yeah, well said. And, and what, since you're, you're into the real estate here, I know, I, I mean, I got hammered the first uh, house that I bought because, of the, like you said, educate yourself. I wasn't, and uh, it was a nightmare in my first experience. What kind of it? Now I know that we have so many different options with Airbnb has been in the mix here, and there's so many different real estate options to choose. Uh, what kind of advice do you have for the new parents out there that are looking to buy their first home? Uh, looking to buy your first home, just do your research. It's really simple. I mean, at the end of the day, especially in your first home, you always buy a home with the intention of selling it. That's the best advice I can give you. Never buy your first home thinking that this is going to be your forever home. Your first home, you buy it and you, and you understand that you buy it at a price and in an area where other people will want to buy from you in the next five years. Go into areas that where growth happens. Go into an area where people want to live, where people ultimately would want to rent. You know, if you decided to hold on that property and rent it out down the line or even Airbnb it, just think about the, the ripple effect of what you're doing. Don't get so locked in to that, hey, this is my first home. Think about the step that comes after you because in almost every case, I would argue probably 95 if not more percentage, percentile of the first home buyers, that is not their forever home. That is just the first home. And so there's always somebody that's coming behind you. So if you think about it like that, nice areas, areas people want to live in, growth areas, people that want to rent in, people that potentially want to do short-term vacation rentals in and Airbnb, and then keeping the house nice and neutral and not getting, making a lot of changes that are very specific and custom to you that make it very challenging to sell, just keep it right in the middle of the road where it ultimately ends up being a good investment for, for you, not something that could potentially get you in trouble. 
Yeah, that's some great advice right there, Kent. And how much has the Airbnb? I mean, it's it's we live in a time now where I mean, I drive Uber on the weekends, and one of the largest transportation country maybe in the in the country you know, doesn't own a single car, which is Uber. And then the same thing with the real estate. You know, one of the biggest real estate names in the game is Airbnb, and they don't even own property. So, uh, how has Airbnb kind of affected what you do? Is it a positive way or a negative way? Well, it, it's both, right? It depends on what side of the coin you're on. I mean, I live in San Diego, California. Uh, La Jolla, to be very specific, and in La Jolla, um, this is a this is a beach town. This is where people want to live and want to, and want to, but it's also where people want to vacation. And so, if you're looking, at, so because there is now this external pressure, right? Depends on where you live, but in, I just use a beach community very specifically. You have people that want to live here long term. You have people that want to own properties and rent them short term. You have people that want to own properties and rent them long term. You have international buyers that want to own a second home here that they don't want anybody in. So that creates a ton of new buying pressure, which means the prices get driven up. Uh, the affordability index gets just smashed in a city like, like uh, San Diego because of Airbnb and others, vacation rentals, putting so much pressure. Now, if you're in the flyover states in the middle of America, that kind of pressure in Airbnb is much less. Uh, it's an opportunity. It's not necessarily a risk. You go to places like Dallas, Texas, where you have the sprawl effect. There's just plenty of opportunity all the way out. Phoenix, Arizona, um, you know, and many, many others. Nashville, Tennessee. There's just there's plenty of room for the city to continue to expand. So, and there's plenty of new builds that are coming. And so there's not as much pressure uh, that Airbnb puts on the market or any of these outside influences put on the market. So it's a so it's a real opportunity. Now, if you're on the flip side of it, and you're an investor that's looking to buy properties and um, monetize those investments, get that return on investment. Airbnb is just another uh, weapon uh, for you to make that happen, right? Where you may have looked at it as, hey, do I fix and flip this or do I hold on to it for a long-term rental? Now you can even consider holding on to it for a short-term rental, something that five years ago you really couldn't honestly think about doing without going through a lot of, lot of hardship. Now Airbnb has made that very possible and created a business model from nothing, much like Uber has as well. So, I think it depends on where you're sitting, how you're sitting, what market you're in, and whether you're on the buy side or the sell side. It can get very frustrating when you're on the buy side that prices are getting driven up because of all these new opportunities, this new investment. But that's just the, that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, it's just the cost of doing business. If, if you can make the numbers work, you can make the numbers work. It just is what it is. I love it. Overall, I think it's a very positive. Anything that is creating uh, more entrepreneurs, that is allowing people to realize income that – that and making it easier for them to realize income where they were never able to do that before. I'm I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, yeah. The, the opportunity is in an abundance. There's there's no doubt about that right now, Kent. And what what kind of goals or plans do you have for yourself for the future here? What's next for you? Well, the big thing we're working on right now, baby, is cribs. I mean, cribs will be the single biggest thing that that I have ever done in my life. Uh, by the time we get done with it, like I said, it's at a platform that is allowing people to buy and sell houses kind of in real time. It's the the Uber application, if you will, of, of real estate. We have uh, perfectly positioned now where sellers can go right you know, from their desktop or from their Android phone or from their iOS, Apple phone. They can go right on there and put their property on there in 24 hours. They can have multiple buyers uh, all bidding on their property, agreeing to pay all cash and close in the next 7 to 14 days, effectively connecting really, really qualified, ravenous buyers that want that inventory with highly motivated sellers that are just looking to, you know, make a quick sell 
marrying them up in real time through technology is, is a huge deal, and it's a massive disruptor to the, to the industry. So we've invested a lot of time, effort, energy, and money into it, and, and we, like I said, just launched in Phoenix uh, a few weeks ago, and we'll be rolling out nationwide over the course of the next two years. And by the time we're done with it, I have no doubt that cribs will be synonymous with buying and selling your house. And so it is, it is the future of what we're working on right now. In addition, you know, we, we're not abandoning any of our core businesses. Memphis and Bessel continue to grow and do amazing. Real estate worldwide will continue to be kind of out in front and, you know, helping investors to acquire properties and sell properties as well through technology. But cribs is more of a customer-facing, um, you know, direct seller-facing, homeowner-facing product that is really going to revolutionize the way people transact. Yeah, I, I love the vision, Kent. I think that's awesome, and I wish you the best of luck with it, and I'll be definitely keeping an eye on it. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? It sounds very cliche to say, but I will tell you that it is just true. Um, best way I can give you is an example uh, that you need to, to pay attention to every single moment. Do not be in a rush to, you know, if your, your three-year-old wants to come in in the middle of the night and come sleep in bed with you, don't be in a rush to push them out of the bed and get on with life and get them down the line. I promise you those moments in a few years will be all that really matters, and you'll never get them back. And whether you get the opportunity to show up for every game or every competition or every, you know, swim meet or every gymnastics meet, whatever it is, be present. Um, those are the things that actually matter. Take it from somebody who built a massively successive, successful business by any measure, right? The seventh largest privately held company in the state of Florida by the time I was 30 years old. And over the, by the time I was 32, had lost it all. And the only people left standing when I, and all that carnage and everything I had done and all that loss, the only thing that really mattered was my family. And unfortunately, my high school sweetheart that I had married and divorced when I was 30 and my, my then seven-year-old son that kind of knew, you know, recognized me and we had good times, but I knew I could have been better. The only thing I wanted was all of that time that back that I had invested in this business only to ultimately end up losing it. None of that stuff matters, right? You're, you, are not a, you are not how much money you make. You are not uh, how much money you put in the bank, and you are not – Whatever your title says at your job, I promise you, what you are to your children is dad. Be present. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Kent Clothier, you are a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first-class fatherhood. Oh, brother, I appreciate it. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Kent Clothier for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so awesome. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Locking in for tomorrow, we have a plastic surgeon known as Dr. Miami. Michael Soushauer joining me for tomorrow's Transformation Tuesday episode. Wednesday, we got a Warrior Wednesday edition with Aaron Hale. Thursday, one of the greatest NFL running backs of all time, Terrell Davis, will be here. And Friday is a cannot-miss Frogman Friday. We have Medal of Honor recipient, retired Navy SEAL Master Chief, Ed Byers, on the podcast. All right? That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.
truth and